Welcome to the Leader Byte Podcast, hosted by Chester Goat. Bite-sized conversations about leadership, learning, and life. Any topic is fair game here, because committed leaders bring it all to the table. Here's your host, Chester Goad. Hey, everybody. I'm really pumped to be here with author, speaker, Taylor Tagg. He hosts his own show. He's one of my personal friends. He's written a couple books, which we'll talk about. Taylor experienced a significant amount of abuse as a young person and discovered later in life that in order to be successful and to grow, um, then how he dealt with that uh, experience needed to change. I will let him tell you more about it, but he spends a lot of time helping people deal with and even eliminate what he calls mental, emotional, and spiritual garbage. I mentioned he's an author. He has written Path to a Peaceful Heart and Enrich Your Sunrise. I'm grateful for the opportunity to be talking with you today, Taylor. Thanks so much for spending time with me. Well, Chester, it's great to be on your show, and I appreciate you having me on today. It's, it's wonderful to be here. Yeah, yeah. You and I, uh, we actually go way back a little bit, uh, at least for a few years. I think we were in some masterminds together. So, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, we're looking at a short week with Thanksgiving coming up. Can you tell me uh, one thing that you're thankful for before we get started? Well, I'm, I'm grateful for many things, Chester, but I'll, I'll go. I'll just I'll just make it simple for you. I think I'm thankful just for the breath of life, just the ability to breathe, to be here. Yeah, Thanksgiving week is upon us, and mm. time with friends and family, and I'm just just happy to be healthy and, and breathing. Amen. Um, I can say that I'm thankful for you, Taylor. I really wanted you to come on the Leader by and talk to listeners about uh, forgiveness and leadership, but how important it is for leaders to have their houses in order, to be emotionally, physically, and spiritually well, uh, and understanding that before we do that, um, I'm wondering if you can bring listeners up to speed a little bit. Can you tell us briefly about your upbringing and your background? So, you 
know, when we think about the stuff that you dealt with that you said you had to come to terms with, um, out of all of that, my understanding is you still came to the conclusion that in order to move forward with your life and to be successful, you needed to practice forgiveness. Um, First, how did you do that? I mean, I know that we're taught that forgiveness is the right thing to do, but I know some people who are hurt tremendously or experience um, um, terrible things never really get to a place where they can do that. So how did you do that, and how did you know it was time to do that? Well, that's a great question, Chester. It almost happened accidentally for me uh, because I was, as a young adult, I got to the point where I just... I didn't have any answers. I didn't know why I was so angry, and I just, I just needed something, and I didn't know what it was. And so, I, just out of the blue, one day, the question arose in my mind: If I forgive the person who hurt me, would it help me? Mm-hmm. And something inside of me just said, "Yes, yes, yes." Mm, right. So, right there on the spot, I just imagined this image of this person. And I said, look, I don't you know, know, know why you did what you did in my life. And the, the details about that don't really matter because mm-hmm. they're different for everyone. Sure. I don't know why you did what you did, but you know, I forgive you. I send you some healing for your own time and your own way. It, it wasn't right, but I forgive you anyway. And suddenly, when I did that, I felt like just a 300-pound weight lifted off my body. Mm-hmm. And I really almost backed into it because I was just desperate for a, a, an answer. And so it became, it became time for me, and I had to investigate further what had happened to me because I just I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. It just kind of happened. I just, it, just, it was just there. And so once I investigated further, I, I realized that I had forgiven him and then realized later I needed to forgive myself for being responsible responsible for the whole situation. Once I did those two things, wow, the world just opened up. Mm. Uh, I was in this specific tunnel vision where you could only see one thing and only see what they did, only see how it hurts you. Suddenly when I forgave, the whole world, my perspective opened up. I was able to see a lot more different things. I was able to see my abuser's point of view. I was able to see why he did what he did very simply. Mm-hmm. And uh, the world opened up when I forgave and almost just backed into it. Then I spent the next several years uh, understanding what I, what had happened to me and why it happened to me. And so much so that it, I was able to change the meaning of what had happened to me and now help other people forgive. Yeah. So, well, What is your personal definition of forgiveness? How would you define forgiveness? Yeah. Well, it's different for everyone. You hear a lot of different uh definitions of forgiveness you hear this in church circles a lot but for me forgiveness is to give away uh, that which will return a person to the flow of love Mm. and we usually sense that you know something's wrong within us or when we get you know upset there's there's usually somewhere in our body where it really tightens up like our chest or stomach like physically experiencing it Mm -hmm. yeah physically experiencing and you you can use a pinpoint where that is in your body and that usually tells you where you're holding uh, a resentment or something that's negative that you need to deal with and work towards. Mm -hmm. So the definition for me is to give away the resentment, the thoughts, the emotions, which 
mentor turn you to a flow of love for yourself and the people around you? Yeah, being able to do those things so you can love other people. I, right. I like that. Um, okay, so let's get into leadership for a second. How does forgiveness fit into our identities as leaders? Well, you know, for me, in understanding this this topic from a you know, many, many angles. Mm-hmm. It's essential for leaders to be able to forgive. You know, think of the greatest leader that you've ever known. And now think of them as full of resentment. Mm. You know? Right. They, are they able to get their job done? Yeah, probably so. But are they, are they able to be good to people? Are they able to, to lead people to inspire the heart? Probably not. Right. So, and it changes your whole perspective of them if you think about it like that. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. You want a person who can lead, but you also want a person you know, who can inspire the vision, encourage the heart, you know, get people together, rally them around a common cause, and then, and then go. And it's hard to do that when you're in resentment against someone else. And that really comes back back to, as a leader, what is your relationship to your employees? What is your relationship mm-hmm. to the company? What, mm-hmm. is, what do your relationships look like in general? Because at a, at a bare minimum, Unforgiveness gets in the way of our relationships, whether it's your wife, your spouse, your 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 next door neighbor, your employee, your boss. It comes down to relationships, and so you have to look at that from just a person to person thing. You, you can solve it pretty quickly if you know how to do it. Hmm. Um, I'm fascinated, really, with all things leadership. I know you know that. One, one of my typical questions for people is what do you see as one of the biggest challenges for leaders today in general? That is a great question. That's a big one to, to chop on. But for me, uh, one of the biggest challenges I see for leaders is being able to inspire your team to a shared vision, uh, mm-hmm. to a common vision in which you're working in the same direction with the same goals, moving in the same directions. And I've, I, Known that when negativity and resentment get inside of that vision and that team, it kind of starts to break people uh, off in a way in which they go their own direction and lose that sense of vision. And so it, it's a consistent vision, too, because you've got to continually talk about the vision and talk about where you're going, talk about how you're going to get there. And I see that in a lot of companies. I do team buildings as well, and that, that sense of vision and togetherness has uh, broken up, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So you got it. So I see that that, that being a, uh, one of the biggest challenges as leaders is to keep people on the path to the vision. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, you do a lot of speaking, consulting, workshops on forgiveness um, and practical steps um, toward that. Uh, I know that's sort of a niche of yours, but do you do you come in contact with folks who say this struggle affects my ability to lead? Oh, absolutely, and I think that uh, you know everybody struggles with different things, and you know part of, part of the vision of keeping your team online is, is to be able to encourage the heart, recognize them when they've done something good, catch them in a good situation. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the, the best team building days I've ever done is when we just we just trade off compliments and. Everybody compliments everyone else, and no one thinks negatively, and it's it's a wonderful, wonderful experience. But leaders do struggle because they're unable to, to catch other people doing well and see that in right. them. Right. Mm-hmm. Continually bring that out in people. 
and of course your team is going to follow you, your, your vision, your emotional uh, makeup, whatever it is, they're going to follow you and they're going to mirror it back to you. So as a leader, you really have to step back and say, you know, what, what am I doing yes. for my team? Mm-hmm. How am I leading them? How am I inspiring them? How am I keeping them on the path? To, to where we're trying to go. Yeah. And get clear about that. Well, you know, I think that for a team to be healthy, um, you have to you have to get in that habit of um, um, showing gratefulness and also, like you said, you know, complimenting people where they need to be complimented, you know, and, and it is easy as we are leaders to look at the bottom line, to look at the mission, to look at all these projects that need to be completed and focus on that. But, but people on the team, everybody on the team needs to know that they have value and, um, that, you know, that you see the good things that they're doing. That, that's so important. And, you know, if you read the, read the great leadership books, and you look at leaders, the, the great ones are able to do that. They're able to encourage the heart, recognize the goodness that's going on, pull that out and get people back focused on positive things. Yeah. That's what they're able to do. Hey, other than the obvious, what's the difference in forgiving ourselves and forgiving somebody else? It's really, in my mind, it's perception. Okay. Uh, when you forgive another person or you forgive yourself, you're, you're really reconciling the, the, the issue and the problem and the hurt feelings back to your sense of what happens. You yeah. Really, whether you even forgive another person or yourself, you're really it's reconciling you to yourself. Mm-hmm. And so there's really not a big difference. It's just a, it's just how you see it. Okay. One of the things that you said once was um, that you, you get to the point where the need for peace outweighs the need to be right. And that really stuck with me. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, when, when a person, a leader is, is struggling in their in their in their task, in their ability to lead, stepping back and looking at really what's going on, a lot of the time it's the need to say, you know, I've got to do it this way. I've got to be right. This is the way that I see it and I know it. And when you're struggling like that, you realize that the need for be peaceful or their need for people to get along and move forward in the, in the right direction becomes more important than your need for it to be a, a certain way. Yeah, yeah. And so when you're able to let go of that, you know, and release the need to have it be done this way, have the, the, the team move in this direction and, and allow them the opportunity to participate in that, mm. then people tend to come together in, in a better way and move forward and the need for peace becomes more important than the need to be right. Absolutely, I think the I think the need to be right is the downfall of a lot of teams. I think it can just cause a team to crumble, you know. And for leaders too. Yes. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's got it's this way or the highway, and you know that doesn't tend to work out so great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so and much. and yeah, exactly. And sometimes the need to be right also. I mean, in, in my mind, it goes back to um, something I heard Mike Foster say once. He talks about. You know, sometimes that overwhelming need for external validation, we need someone to tell us that we're right, you know, and uh, it's getting past that. We have to get past that at leaders because as leaders, because we're we're not always going to be right, you know. Well, what was fascinating for me is if you've read great leadership books, one of the, you know, the classic books has been around forever. It's called The Leadership Challenge uh, by Coons and Posner, and they did research on the great leaders, how did they lead well? 
overwhelmingly, overall, beyond anything else, they said the greatest leaders, the secret to being a great leader is to be able to stay in love. Stay in love with what you're doing. Mm. Stay in love with the people who are part of the process. Be able to encourage that they say that, and, and love can be service, it can be all kinds of things, but it's, it's that the form of love that's the most lasting. Mm-hmm. And, and that able is to, is to, make, to be able to marry your head to your heart. And when you got those two working in conjunction with each, with each other, you are a great leader. Yeah. I don't care I, what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's great. Um, I also like something else that you say that I think that is really powerful. It's accept the apology that you'll never receive. Right. And this is where a lot of people that I you know, work with, my clients, they, they're, they're hung up on what somebody, what they perceive somebody else did or said to them or left them out or went behind their back. Mm. And so they're, they, they tend to get stuck because they're waiting on that person to make it right. They're waiting on that person to apologize. They have an expectation of what should have happened that did not happen. Mm-hmm. And so when we say accept the apology you will never receive, what we're, what we're saying here is really that you can, you can take the initiative. You can't really wait on the other person because you might be waiting forever mm-hmm. to make it right. Right, right. You can be proactive and do what you can do and actually accept that apology on their behalf and move forward because if they may or may not make that apology. And if they never do, well, then, okay, if they happen to in the future – that's a bonus, but you don't have to stay stuck waiting on them to do something. Right. It only grows your resentment mm-hmm. and keeps you, you know, feeling like you know, there's there's no way to move forward. Yeah. So it's it's taking matters into your own hands, so to speak. And I show people exactly just how to do that. I think a lot of people go to their graves waiting for that apology, and they've lived a sour life or an unhappy life because they because of that. You know. Right. And it's you know if, if you if you take a look at the five regrets that you know people hang on to you know at their death you know one of them is is not you know, being kinder to people mm-hmm. it's not resolving those conflicts it's wishing that they had more time you know to be more loving to people and so those are the things that really you know, separate you from your employees your your friends and family when you're not able to go ahead and process accept that apology for yourself and move on because mm-hmm. you know life's going to continue to happen and these. Things are going to continue to stack, and resentments are going to continue to build. And if you can't let go of them, you're just going to have a, a, a whole you know, boatload of resentments. That's true. So, That's true. Really well. You know. Really well. Um, for for me, um, I can't imagine. You know, I, I, certainly there's things I deal with, and there's you know, as as all of us do. But it's hard for me to reconcile this idea of not forgiving and living that miserable life. Um, you know, for me, I, I know God has called me to forgiveness. I know God has forgiven me, uh, and so I need to extend the same. But why is that? so hard. How do you suggest that people step up and put that actually into practice if you had to put that into maybe like a, a first action step toward forgiving someone? What would you say? Right. Well, let me answer the first question, why it's so hard, and then I'm going to give everybody uh, simple action steps that they can take mm-hmm. you know, right there where they sit. You know, for me, I see people who are really struggling with this forgiveness thing because you know, to them, it, it's an illusion that seems like if I forgive, well, I'm opening myself up. You know, it's weak. They're going to stomp on me. And really, once you open yourself up to forgive, you become vulnerable. It's really that's where you wake up your true inner strength. Mm. When you can become vulnerable, that's that's when it comes 
become strong from the inside out. You become more more powerful and less forceful. You know, you become more powerful and people, they, they gravitate towards you when they, they sense that power that they might not know what's exactly going on, but they know that something's different about you. You're leading from a, a more powerful place. And that's because you're resolving things on the inside of you, which in turn, they, they pick up and, and mirror back to you. It's sort of the, it, it seems like almost the antithesis sometimes of, um, you know, what we see strength as. You know, when we say be vulnerable, we don't really think of that as empowering us and giving us strength. Right. We're, we're looking on the outside of us. We're looking to, you know, force someone to do something. We're taking someone about force. And that gives us the false sense of being strong, but it's really just the opposite. Mm. When you can forgive on the inside, reconcile yourself on the inside, when you don't, you don't need force, it's just automatically you become more powerful. Yeah. People gravitate towards that, and, and good leaders know that. They're able to figure that out for themselves and, and move through that. I agree with that. First, the first action step, and, and this is a, a very simple thing. That I tell people if they just want to you know, forgive another person or even you know say this to themselves, this is a ten-word statement. A ten-word statement, which is an old Hawaiian uh, adage, it's called Ho'oponopono, and it's ten words. And so here are the ten words: I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. Mm. So let me repeat that: I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. Ten words. Very simple. There's a lot in those ten words. And you can say this quietly to yourself. You can say this quietly about another person. What happens is when you say these ten words, it gives you an immediate shift, even though it might be very small, give you an immediate shift to kind of let the power of that resentment kind of fade away. If you look at the ten words, there's a lot in that statement. Mm. I'm sorry is... Hey, that's, that's repenting. That's saying, hey, I wish it wasn't this way. Let me make this different for myself. Yeah. Please forgive me is forgiveness. It's asking for forgiveness. I love you is you know a form of love and it's a form of way of reaching out. And then thank you is gratitude. So you've got, you got repentance, forgiveness, love, gratitude in those 10 words. And when you do that all at the same time, it's very, very powerful. That is change person so powerful. I, I really love that. Um, you know, especially that, you know, ending that with thank you. You don't really think about that in those terms. And I love it as it ties into, you know, this is um, uh, you know, close to Thanksgiving and we think about being thankful, but even thanking someone for, you know, accepting our forgiveness. That's, that's really cool. Hey man, it has been so great to reconnect with you. Um, and I love all the things that you're doing. I think giving pra- people practical steps for, uh, forgiveness and, 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 and modeling that is so, so important. So it's great seeing your success. And um, how can people connect with you? Well, they can easily find me on my website, which is forgivefindpeace.com. Okay. And they can, they can read about uh, me, check out my speaking page, uh, go over the steps of forgiveness. You know, I work with clients, it's usually on a deeper level because you're, you're going into sure. the, the core of what's, what's wrong what's holding you back, that feeling of stuckness. And you're really going in there digging that, digging what it is out, pulling it out. So it's, it's deep work, but it's very, very profound mm-hmm. and very, very uh, outstandingly re- 
refreshing. That's awesome. Uh, most of my clients feel like they've just let go of something huge and this total weight's been lifted off of them. So you, you're happy to connect with me and uh, we'll, we'll talk about, you know, figuring that out for yourself, you know, what's holding you back, and we'll get in there and we'll, we'll get after it. That's awesome. Hey, thanks for spending time with me. I, I want to wish you and your family a very blessed Thanksgiving. We have so much to be thankful for, and forgiveness and the ability to forgive are definitely among those things. Thanks, Taylor. I appreciate you. Well, Chester, I appreciate you, and very thankful for you as well, and, and happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Awesome. That's author, speaker, Taylor Tag, an expert on the art and act of forgiveness. To be sure to be an effective leader, we have to know uh, and accept forgiveness, and we have to extend forgiveness, and sometimes we really have to forgive ourselves. Thanks for listening, and until next time, keep leading, keep learning, keep living, and give it all your best all the time. Thanks for listening to the Leader Bite Podcast, bite-sized conversations about leadership, learning, and life. Keep the conversation going at chestergo.com or on your favorite social media because leadership is a conversation worth having.